So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. I cannot believe that we're back for sexy sex. Is that what we're calling it? We are now. Okay. I like it. Yeah. And we're shooting on location. It's actually not shooting. We're not film stars yet. Taping. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if there's an agent out there, <laughs> I'm getting my teeth bleached next week. His haircut tomorrow. I'll be happy to give a cameo. I like it. I like that. I yeah. should be, I'm a cameo guy. You are. I just realized that. Pretty face. Mm. God damn. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. I'm Megan. I'm an alcoholic. And we are back. Number six, officially going to be in the books very shortly. Yes. It's really exciting. Again, you know, we, we just topped a thousand listeners as of last episode, mm-hmm. which again, Megan had set that lofty goal. We achieved said lofty goal. I know. Which is, uh, I mean, pretty surprising and pretty cool. It's very, very cool. Not surprising because I told you so. Well, I mean, yeah. Question it. Be surprised by, <laughs> by that right now. That I was right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's <laughs> some things I'm just not ready to admit to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. Imagine that. Oh my God. Thank God this is recorded for all times. This this is one for the books. It is. Anywho. Um, we are shooting on vacation. So on location, on vacation. Yes, we are. We are at the shore and we're doing a long stretch. We're at, at Jim and Valia's bed and breakfast. Got here Saturday and we are staying through next Monday. So like 10, 11 days. Whole family. We did the beach thing a couple of times. Like my chest is peeling off actually is it peeling it's not even fried it's it's literally peeling it's good to be here though it is it's good to be able to spend time with family and friends and like megan's discussed like she comes from a huge family uh they are always there i don't really like how that sounded no it sounded it sounded negative (laughs) and you didn't mean it that way (laughs) no not i don't think so at least they will show up in mass (laughs) for anything they will. That's actually a really positive thing about my family. Like it we is. always say that. Yeah. They always come. No matter what you're having. No, absolutely. Fundraiser, first birthday party, second wedding, whatever it is, <laughs> they will all be there. And as with dis- bells on. And as we discussed in previous episodes, they come ready to drink. <laughs> I was just gonna say and bring a high bar tap. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Uh, so anyway, I, this vacation is really great because we haven't done a long extended family vacation really ever, Chris, I don't think. Well, we sort of did last year, but I, I don't think last year necessarily counted for anything outside of uh, we have a 17-year tax credit left for Frankie. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, but remember we discussed last summer, you didn't put in necessarily the FaceTime. No, I was, again, not an active participant in said family so i did have long family vacations last summer you just didn't come no i had long golf vacations so this has been really great actually 
And uh, it's funny. So we went to the beach all day yesterday, I guess. And then we went to dinner. And then we went on the boardwalk. And the entire time we were on the boardwalk, like this sounds so terrible, like not terrible, but like cliche, like how wonderful our lives are. Well, I mean, it's the same reasons, frankly, that I go to Walmart when I'm feeling some sort of way. No, that's not why I meant. Uh, it's it wasn't because I, I was judging the people on the boardwalk. Oh, no, I totally was. Like, again, if I'm having a bad day, like occasionally I'll pack up Frankie. Uh, I'm sure I'll bring the dog eventually. Uh, you know, and I just head to the Walmart in, in my Sunday's best. And I'm like, God damn, I have it made. I used to feel that way when watching like Hoarders and Intervention. And then like I was one. <laughs> <laughs> And upon the doors of rehab. <laughs> I realized maybe I shouldn't feel that good about myself. Megan <laughs> had her first aha moment. <laughs> um, but no, I just mean, you know what I think it is? Okay, so something that this podcast has done for me is listening to us. And I know this sounds really silly, but maybe other people can... I don't know, identify. I, I have a tough time sometimes living in the moment, even though I know that's exactly how I'm supposed to live my life. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the alcoholic's creed, no? Right. But I literally have to tell myself, like when we were getting married and we're standing there and we're doing our vows and all this stuff, I literally was repeating in my head over and over again, stay in the moment, stay in the moment, stay in the moment. And like that, I mean, that may have defeated the purpose. But I felt very in the moment on the boardwalk the other night and I, I think it's it was a very profound feeling for me and I know this again this sounds like so nerdy but listening to the podcast I feel differently about our marriage our family our is it, life is it because I'm super famous and there was like some really trashy girls probably giving me the look no oh and I don't think it's microphone number seven <laughs> <laughs> that attracts me to your voice that's not it either when I listen to us, so it's funny, like from the moment we started dating or whatever, people used to always say, oh, I see the way he looks at you. And I'm like, really? Did I miss it? Because I don't necessarily see it. Wow. That's like my own insecurity, right? I see how much he loves you. And I'm like, really? Because I'm still trying to make sure on a daily basis. But listening to us on the podcast and our little back and forth banter, like I listen to us and I'm like, "Ooh, see, that's the couple I want to be. And so being on the boardwalk together, I actually lived in the moment because I felt like very secure in who we are as a couple. Maybe not who I am as a person, but like, you know, as a couple, I felt rocking it as a family and it was real life. Growth. Yes. I like that. You like that? Okay. So that was super corny and totally off track. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Let's just talk about how different we are as people, because like you were just saying, when we were, you know, doing the whole I do and, you know, legally yeah. bound and blah, 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 you were saying uh, something about, you know, you had to keep reminding yourself to live in the moment, live in the moment, live in the moment. And I, on the other hand, while I was obviously there, of course, okay. was thinking to myself the entire time, like when we were walking down the aisle, I'm like, do they have the appetizers out? <laughs> Actually, I believe that. Why is that person standing over there? They're not even working today. Let, let, let me tell you a funny story about when we get married. <laughs> you know how often women get a bad rap in weddings? Deserved, right? Like the whole bridezilla thing? I was definitely groomzilla. 
Groomzilla. Like I was like I had a little notepad the day of the wedding, like with a an entire checklist that was probably way too detailed for a complete derelict that was about to get married. In a leather bound portfolio. Like he had envelopes and the poor wedding event planner is actually one of our very good friends. I would like email her, like, just so you know, Chris is on his way up. And this is like months prior. Like, and he's not coming up. Just, just to get see how ready. You are. I'm just he's because he'd be like, I'm just gonna stop in, see how it's going. And here I am, like ordering flowers from the Sam's Club and tossing them in vases that I realized didn't have bottoms the morning of. That was a complete shit show. And I just dropped him off and went with it. And you know what? Like we've mentioned previously, what do we do as a couple? We work it out. We did, but and yeah, we worked it out. Chris totally was insane yes he was insane it, it was actually very sweet but you know it's it but that's hilarious so that's what you were thinking so you were not in the moment you were or you were you were just you know critiquing I, yeah, it was like drifting in and out of consciousness <laughs> let's let's be honest it's why i'm all over the place because that's just how my mind works that's so funny so mine does too but well, which I think is why I kept saying, like, be present, be present, be present. Literally, <laughs> just, the just, mantra over and over and over again. It's, so. it's kind of like when you were, you know, you had the titty vacuums on the couch <laughs> that night. And, and you were trying to achieve the highest level of Buddhism. <laughs> is that not a good comparison? So if someone asked me, like, I have my vows to you still memorized. But if someone asked me what you said, it was literally... Be present, be because that's all I was hearing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess at this point, like, you know, we're still married, so. (laughs) Doesn't really matter, I guess. Whatever. It's fine. (laughs) It works. Let's talk about, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier, but I'm sure there are, you know, some people out there that are like, wow, Chris, your voice is not speaking to my soul this evening. Why? Oh, because we're on location. Yes. So we're not in a soundproof room. We're in a kitchen. Does that, have you all, does that have you all fucked up? It does. Okay. Because, you know, there's people here and I mean, I'm sure they judge me on a regular basis, but <laughs> now I feel like they're judging me from the comfort of their bed <laughs> and that makes me uncomfortable. That is what it is. Move on from it. There's, there's no other way around it. So speaking of insanity, we're on the beach the other day. Frankie's like mid, I don't know, freak out number 17 for yeah. the, the hour and a half that we've been there. Mac was like drifting in the ocean because it was a pretty bad undertow. Yeah, like three islands down. Yeah, so he was literally, he started out at the lifeguard tower in front of us and then probably within 20 minutes was in like Cape May. Yeah. (laughs) Was that the way it was going? You know, me being the lunatic that I am, I'm like, hey, Meg. What? I'm going to go get a haircut. (laughs) Yes. Right now? Well, no, at like three o'clock. Let me tell you, son. Value was on the beach. Megan was on the beach. It was not a good scene. So when we go to the beach, it's not like, remember the first summer we met Chris and we go to the beach? It was like me, you, two bottles of water, two towels, two chairs. That's not how we roll these days. No. Like there's literally an umbrella, a baby pool, a cart, a boogie board, a sand. Like there's so many accoutrements. So I'm looking around at all these because he's like, well, I may, I may be late for dinner and I'm thinking I don't care about dinner how am I getting all this shit off the beach like it's literally it's a production sir I I need you here to be my bellhop I don't need you to feed me (laughs) french fries later like three o'clock is not in the cards like this is not a good time can you go tomorrow and again I'm an alcoholic so I'm like yeah 
but I want to go now. Daddy needs a haircut. Let's talk about your grooming regimen. Chris gets a haircut, wait for it, every other Monday. Yes. Yes. 10.30, approximately. And I am so insane that I literally have six months worth of appointments booked out. Can we talk about the time? So we had a little <laughs> bit of a rough winter, right? I work in healthcare. We I did? I still have to. Yeah, it was so much snow. Oh. There was like two weeks of snow. No, I mean, we were fine. I just meant the snow and the pandemic. It was all unfortunate. But oh, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. So I work in healthcare. So when it snows, I still need to go to work. So I had to be at work at 11 a.m. that day. Mm-hmm. Chris had the 10 o'clock haircut. Yep. The blizzard has begun. I don't get I'm Again, I'm from Massachusetts. He's from Massachusetts, like, so he laughs at the snow. Uphill both ways, no shoes on to school. Uh, it's not a big deal for me. It is for me. I hate snow. I have such bad snow anxiety. <laughs> and again, me- being like in medicine was not the right choice then because you still have to go, right? So anyway, there is no snow day. Chris is like, I got a haircut tomorrow. I know the blizzard's coming, so I'm already like cycling in my head. Yeah, no, you get wound up. Days ahead, days ahead. Like I'm a mess, right? And so anyway, he's like, so you could just drop the baby off to me at the haircut place at um, like 1045 and then go to work. Are you kidding me? Because there's a blizzard. I'm not putting the eight month old in the car and driving her to your haircut. Why not? cancel the haircut how dare you he's not canceling the haircut no he did finally cancel the haircut but that's how he feels about his every other monday haircut so we were on vacation right like we were away this monday so he had to forego the appointment so this is where he's been since monday at 9 45 a.m 15 minutes before the haircut was supposed to start mm-hmm. like i i have a routine I'm a regimented man. You are a regimented man. <laughs> Let me tell you how Chris gets into bed every night. Whether you agree with said regiment or not, I don't really care. It's my regiment. It's none of your business. And I'm not like that. So I like jump into bed every night. I like dive under the covers like a, I burrow like I'm a gopher, <laughs> right? Like a little prairie dog. <laughs> Chris literally folds back his corner to a perfect triangle and... Sometimes he does it one, two, or even three times if said triangle isn't at the perfect angle. He pulls it all the way back up and all the way back down and then enters said bed. If it doesn't make like a perfect parallelogram, I figure like I'm I'm dooming myself to a poor night's sleep. (laughs) Um, You know, sometimes I make like the elephant out of the towels. I put a little chocolate on my side. (laughs) Bird dog eats it. It's not good. Someone throws up in bed. It all gets crazy from there. So Chris is really regimented. I, I, I like my routine. Like, you do. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily understand why that's a problem for you. So I actually don't think the routine is. I think I, I respect the routine at this point. I understand that. Because in a way, like I'm a very disorganized person, except it's oh. organized <laughs> chaos in my mind. That's not even close to an understatement I literally will have every single moment of my day plan like okay Thursday at four o'clock in between Frankie's nap and Max homework is when I'm gonna go grocery shopping I have in my mind like okay that basket of laundry that's coming out of the dryer today will get folded tomorrow night and put away next Tuesday so like to him that's (laughs) disorganized but to me 
I know when it's going to happen. It all has its place. It's just not really the place you would like it. Because I, I can't necessarily, you know, get on board with a pile of laundry sitting around for a week and a half. That drives me insane. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, I love you to death. You know that. And it's it certainly shouldn't be a mystery at this point in time. But Megan lives in piles of shit. <laughs> But I again, where to God, I know when they're going to be put away. It's just not on your timeline. So you should just let that go. and Move on. In a prior life, you were a dung beetle. What's a dung beetle? Well, let's talk about the root word there. <laughs> dung. What's that shit? <laughs> beetle. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Insect yeah, that yeah. lives in said shit. There you go. <laughs> like Megan had contracted COVID last winter. So again, she works in healthcare, right? So, and she was like all bent out of shape because I am, you know, 40 years old, not necessarily a super healthy lifestyle. I am literally one foot in the grave and one foot on the golf course, which is exactly <laughs> where I need to be, right? But anyways, like Megan's like, I'm so sorry, like you're going to die of the COVID. And she was like super, super upset about it. So anyways, I'm going to get tested and I take her car. And I look over in the passenger seat. <laughs> There's 27 used masks. <laughs> and like, I actually felt bad that she felt bad that she may have put like my health in jeopardy. And then I look over in the seat and there's literally a box of used masks. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? They weren't in a box, Chris. They were spread throughout. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was like, this is just, this can't be happening right And now. any one of them could have given me the COVID. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. But anyway, let's talk more about your beauty regimen. Oh, yeah. Let's get back to that. Chris is vain. Did oh. you say that's true? Uh, yeah. That's, that's putting it super nicely. I'm literally as deep as a puddle. So I think sometimes with his every other week haircut, it's not the routine portion that bothers me. That's your own insanity, right? Why do you need an... Who gets their haircut every other week? You know, again, like if you've seen the pictures on, you know, Facebook or Instagram, by the way, it's So I Married an Alcoholic. I don't have a lot of hair left. Like there should be no reason that I'm running to the barbershop to spend like like, dangerous game. Hundreds of dollars a month on a haircut. Right. But like I like it. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, the girl that usually does my hair, like, you know, she cuts my hair and then blah, blah, blah. And then we go over to the sink. I do love that. And then she has like these beautiful little fingers that she massages my scalp with. And I... Actually, like a couple of weeks ago, I was there. I got in trouble because I was like, can you put that up my bum? Okay. And, you know, <laughs> then I gave her another 20. <laughs> and that worked. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's an embarrassing moment, <laughs> but we do, we, we do honesty here. I'm sorry. I do agree. Okay, I got to recover from that. I do agree with you. The hair washing is amazing. I say all the time, if I had unlimited money, I would have someone come in and wash my hair. Which is interesting because you did like marriage round one, but you screwed that up. <laughs> and so no now, one was washing my hair then either. So, I guess. <laughs> so now I get the bi-weekly haircuts <laughs> and you do bleach at home. I was going to say, I haven't had my highlights done in a good two months. And <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering, I'm not a natural blonde. <laughs> <laughs> do the carpets match the curtains? <laughs> nope. So anyway, I think where my insecurity comes from is, like, Chris is 
pretty, uh, which is great. I think I even... I mean, it's fantastic, and I'm not pretty. I'm, like, gorgeous. (laughs) Okay. So, I think I... If you're into, like, receding hairlines, somewhat salt and pepper, (laughs) watered-down gene pool, um, (laughs) piss-poor financially. (laughs) Like, if that's your thing, like, I'm your guy. No, but, like, I... I think that that's where I let the haircut go to my head, right? Like, who is he cutting his hair for every 13 and a half days? (laughs) 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 Because I haven't painted my nails in six months. (laughs) And like, I mean, I would say definitely suffered during the pandemic in the, and I was pregnant. So like, I let it go. I mean, I think I'm a, I don't know how to say this without telling an asshole. Like, I'm a pretty girl. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not <laughs> done up pretty. No, it's a, it's actually one of, of course, the laundry list of reasons <laughs> that I love you is because you don't have to, like, smear makeup on or, I mean, you don't look good naturally rolling out of bed. <laughs> No one does. No, but like I, I, you have that that sort of natural glow and that beauty to you, and I really I do like that because again, like if if you have to lather on makeup or you know something like that, it's just it's not appealing to me. And this speaks to the level of asshole that I am. I think you know very early on in our relationship, something had come up, and I don't know if it was the question of like why do you like me or. Like there was a smoke show walking by in yoga pants and I was probably gawking like, you know, some <laughs> kind of asshole. And Megan was like, is that what you're into? And I w- it looked at her like straight in the face and was like, no, honey, that's one of the reasons that I love you because you don't look good in yoga <laughs> pants. <laughs> I have very short legs. <laughs> they were not made for you. In fact, I can't even wear yoga pants unless they're cropped. Even these new like seven eighth leggings, they're not for these legs. What in the hell is a seven eighth legging? Instead of like three quarter length, seven, I don't know. It's it's all bullshit. That's not my thing. All I know is poor Frankie was walking around today in a pair of jean shorts that should have been half her size for her age, but they were hanging past her knees. Yeah, that poor kid. That poor (laughs) kid. Also, legs of nothing. (laughs) You've heard of legs for days. This is the complete opposite. Yeah, legs for not even seconds. <laughs> Frankie's <laughs> all head. <laughs> that she gets from you, honey. Um, we have the same amount of hair. So anyway, I think that's wh- I think that's where I get with the haircut. I think I get insecure about it. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, I know you're still gonna do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Not I'm sorry that my actions make you feel that way. Well, and I think I, I <laughs> think I feel like, do I not keep up? Like, I mean, right now I'm wearing llama pajama pants and a sweatshirt. Like, so, and my hair is like in a ponytail on the top of my head. And I definitely am not wearing any makeup. So, But again, know. you have that natural, <laughs> beautiful glow to you. <laughs> I used to get dressed for work, right? Like, always in heels, always in a pencil skirt. I thought I looked good, right? And then the pandemic hit and I was pregnant and then we moved to scrubs and like 
I got to get out of the bar. I unpacked my pre-maternity clothes, though, and they <laughs> fit. Thank God, because they've literally been sitting in boxes in the basement for two years. Talk about piles of shit. Bins of clothes. Not bins of clothes. 17 bins. But it was like Christmas morning. Excessive. And I got rid of a lot of stuff, too, like as I was unpacking it. Aren't you proud of me? Like, I'm talking huge trash bags that we gave away. Yes, and we actually gave them away to, there's a recovery house in our area, which I'm, you know, totally not going to mention because that's how I roll. We're going to open up our own recovery house someday, <laughs> so I'm not going to promote Stay them. Stay tuned. Yeah. Like, why would I give you free promotion when I'm trying to create my own empire? Anyways, neither here nor there. But like, that felt good because again, you can drop them off at Goodwill or... Salvation Army, um, Liberty Thrift is like a, a big. Oh, we love it there. Actually, have a fur from there. Us, but like, here's the thing, right? And again, having you know been a product of the recovery house environment, you know, why would we drop off clothes to a place that's going to sell them to like the disadvantaged? Is is that like an okay way to say that? Yeah, like I mean, you've talked about it when you got out. You had. A backpack of clothes like so these people coming newly into recovery need clothes and especially if they're going to try to enter the workforce you know like there was a lot of work clothes in there and you know like some lovely things um so you're right we gave it directly to the source we cut out the middleman yeah and that that honestly like that felt really really good it did feel good and Uh, i'm a couple bins later everything fits in my closet does it I mean, I'm not quite done yet. And I think the sweaters are going to have to like go away till winter. And then, I mean, people do that though. People like switch in and out their winter and summer clothes. That's not unusual. No, I do. I totally do. Yeah. Okay. So that's still going to happen, but. No, that's fine. I know. But anyway, so, I mean, I, I fit in my pre-maternity clothes. Like I, things to work on. Put it on my list. Let's get back to the girl with the small hands. I do have small hands. I wasn't talking about you, honey. <laughs> I was talking about the girl that massages. I may have short legs and a big ass, but I do have small hands. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you, honey. I was talking about the girl that massages my head. <laughs> Not that, that. That only happened once. It was in Amsterdam. <laughs> and it was an experience. Moving on. So, anyway, rounding it back. So, we're on vacation. Uh, we came this past Saturday, and we waited to come till Saturday because we attended a funeral on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and it was a funeral for someone that we actually didn't know personally, but someone we love, loved them very much. And um, Yes. So, we went as, you know, supporting them. And um, this person was in their 30s and died of alcoholism. And I think that... Um, You know, we can't speak to their story or anything like that, but I think that's a very powerful message uh, to put out there because you don't think of alcoholics dying young. No, as a matter of fact, like if you see, you know, an obituary or if you hear, you know, through the grapevine, so to speak, that, you know, somebody 22 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, sometimes even like approaching that 50 year range you know, more often than not, died suddenly to me means overdose. Absolutely. Like that's where that's where I go with that. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it's interesting because I, like we've touched on this or, or I don't know if we've touched on it here, but we've talked about it in our own personal lives. Like I was alcohol only, no judgment or anything like that. I just wasn't cool enough to do drugs. I had an organic box wine problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which until I met Megan, I actually had no idea like that existed organic box wine was even a problem <laughs> I mean it does sound like a little oxymoron doesn't it a little bit but anyway well corks a limited resource that's true yeah we'll we'll go on we'll visit that at a different point in time <laughs> okay but in a you know in a way you know we, we talk about like sometimes I'll say like Chris shits on me you know because I'm like such a loser alcoholic right because you don't think about alcoholics dying young like that and so that was a huge huge wake up for me yeah, absolutely. You know, we brought Frankie to the mass with us because we were, you know, literally going to be going to the shore right after the service. So we sat in the back and the church was absolutely packed, which was, you know, good to see because I think, and again, I, I only speak for myself, but once you reach that certain point in your addiction, or if you do reach that certain point in your addiction, more often than not, what you're doing is alienating yourself. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you know, have people know how much you're drinking or how much you're using or you're super guilty about your behavior and you don't want people to observe you, you know, if you will, in that sort of environment. And it was just, you know, it was really good to see like people there not only obviously grieving or mourning that particular person, but also supporting those that were still here. You know, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think we both were, I mean, we were separate for part of it because we had, you know, the babies who we were like switching around. But Chris and I both, we talked about it after, we're both very emotional during the mass. And again, it's not someone that we necessarily knew personally. You know, the issue, the circumstances spoke to us very deeply. Yeah, I think I think that's actually like super accurate. And this is probably leaning towards like the self-centered side. But I was literally, I was sitting there like just you know, tears rolling down my face, like super guilty. Why was I the lucky one? Why am I here? Like, it, it, again, and, you know, we can go way more into detail into this in like future episodes, but like there's, I think, you know, Megan knows this, but, and I've shared this, you know, in various meetings and, you know, off microphone chats with her, things like that. Like I spent two decades of my life literally trying to kill myself. And it was just like a, a really visceral reminder, if you will, of how close, you know, I flirted with, with death and disaster on a daily basis. And again, like I was just like riddled with guilt like super guilty. I've been to dozens of funerals for friends, you know, loved ones, people that have succumbed to this disease. Not for nothing, but I, I try to wake up every day and, and realize that I've been given some sort of opportunity. And like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with that, you know? Yeah. But there's got to be some sort of reason that I'm here. I, I, maybe this is it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think... I, I agree with exactly what you're saying. And I think that's how I felt when we were on the boardwalk. And I know that sounds so silly. Being present, being so in love with our life and having though that thought saying like, I almost actually gave all this away. I almost never had this. Yeah. Because I was willing to give it all away. 
Yeah. And, and I, that's insane. And I think Chris and I both work a program. We subscribe to follow a 12 step program. You know, the first step is, you know, we agreed we're, or, you know, we, oh no, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so moved with emotion. You're a terrible alcoholic. <laughs> Normally, I can recite them, I swear, and even the preamble. So, you know, like Megan was saying, the first step is that y you have to admit that you're powerless over drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And my life had become unmanageable. Right. And, and the unmanageable part, I think, is easy because... Yeah, sure. Again, like if you're walking through the doors of a treatment facility, chances are your life is pretty unmanageable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you were getting that DUI, yeah. nothing was being managed well. You're, you're not going there because you went, you know, out on a Friday night and you woke up on Saturday feeling like shit. I always say that, like when people are even in rehab and they're like, well, I'm not sure if I'm, you know, if I really have a problem, like I could probably control my drinking. Not really. So like people that aren't sure if they're alcoholics don't go to rehab, like you don't get there by accident. Yeah. And if, if I happen to be in said treatment facility with you and you're like, I'm not sure if I have a problem, <laughs> I'll literally get up and be like, all right, well, somebody is literally dying for that seat. So yeah. if you don't mind, go pack Move your on. shit. Uh, you're right. So the unmanageability, that part's easy to see. I mean, denial is a powerful thing, but I think it's that powerlessness that that for me was very hard to come to. I think it's because I'm, I mean, probably just because I'm an asshole, but like, I think it's because <laughs> I'm stubborn and I really didn't want to be an alcoholic. Like I know no one grows up and you know, like at eight years old, it was like, and when I grow up, I'm going to be an alcoholic. That's not what I mean. Like I didn't want to be an alcoholic because I did, that would mean I would have to stop drinking. And, like, if sure. that doesn't say your powerlessness, like, I don't know what does. And it also, I mean, not for nothing, but it also means that you have to admit that you have some sort of defect. And really, like, who wants to sit in a room full of people and be like, yeah, my life is unmanageable? Nobody. That's hard. Absolutely. absolutely. And I think anyone that isn't an alcoholic, I think that it's hard to express into words what that powerlessness really is. I, I think it can translate to other things. Like I think that everyone can find something in their life that they're powerlessness. I, I don't know, powerlessness against that it's gotta be a different word for that. Powerless against. I don't think you need the ness at the end when you're using in that. No, context. I think it's just powerless against. Okay. Sure. But that true compulsion or insanity, I think that's hard for people to understand. I think it is. And again, like, you know, you've heard it in meetings. I've heard it in meetings. We may have even touched on this, you know, at some point in time in, in previous episodes. But again, you know, you're driving home from work and everything is fine. And you've told yourself a hundred times up until that point that day that you're not going to drink. And all of a sudden you're at the liquor store. Yeah, it's insanity. Like it that's really powerless. Is. So I think, you know, the start to recovery is coming to terms with that. And I think denial is a powerful thing. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. Like, do you, can you put a finger on the moment that you realized you were actually powerless? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I can bring up several examples that really speak to my powerlessness. You know, part of my story when I share is that the first time I went to rehab, I was 21, 22 years old. And at that time, I was working in a bank. And, 
you know, I was wearing like my fine three-piece suit and I had fancy shoes on and I was driving a nice car. And it had been less than 14 days since his last haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. That was a thing back then. But, you know, I... I walked into the rehab and like, you know, I'm doing the intake or the admission process and I'm looking around at the people and I'm trying to pay attention to the person asking me questions and try to figure out, you know, how best to treat my, you know, addiction. And like halfway, you know, maybe 15 or so minutes into the interview, I was like, I got to go. Woman's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't belong here. (laughs) She's like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, like. I I don't look like any of these people. I don't recognize any of these people. I never went to school with any of these people. Like, I can't be that bad. You know, and and that I think just speaks to, you know, the the deniability of of the disease or what have you. You know, like I knew I had an issue, but I, I didn't look like anybody that was in there. So I was like, ah, I think I'm okay. Like, I'm not homeless yet. I'm fine. And, you know, fast forward 20 years and I'm living in the back of my Lexus, like with a bottle of Jameson in between my legs tucked under a blanket. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm still doing okay. Like, I got a Lexus. (laughs) Like, no. You know? Yeah. It's just, again, the whole powerlessness and denial and any number of things that the mind will tell you that you are not you know, an inherently flawed individual is just, it's insane. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like it's true insanity. Um, and recovery is possible, but it's hard and it's admitting that powerlessness and telling yourself it every single day. Because again, the insanity is that it can sneak right back in. Yeah. And oftentimes it does. And it, it does get the best of you. Mm -hmm. You know, I say all the time, like I, you know, went to rehab. I wasn't an alcoholic then. I, you know, got out of rehab is doing an outpatient program. Still was an alcoholic, you know, going through an ARD program for a DUI. Definitely still not alcoholic. Right. But I just didn't want to believe it. And, you know, I'd been sober for a couple months and I was, you know, all like hot mess express in my brain (laughs) still. And I remember sitting there on like a random Tuesday and Chris and I were dating at this point. My son was there who I love more than anything. And I, you know, I think they were in bed and I was sitting there like watching stupid TV. And I actually had the thought to myself, I think I'm going to give it all up. Like, what if I just check out, move away and like really commit to being an alcoholic, like shopping cart liquor store I could find some man to take care of me like again not sexy but kind of pretty like (laughs) I could like just you know I think that's what I'm gonna do and that was the moment I realized I was powerless Mm -hmm. like that thought actually went through my mind on like a Tuesday at 10 p.m. when nothing bad had happened I thought about giving everything away so when we were at the boardwalk on Tuesday that's what went through my mind I was, I wanted to choose my alcoholism over anything else at one point in my life. And if th- that is powerlessness and I'm so grateful that I saw that and like, I, I just, 
it, again, I know it sounds so insignificant and like wasn't when the police officer was arresting you. Didn't you think you were powerless? And <laughs> I did not. I actually did not. That was a no. mistake. And I'm sorry. I apologized. You know, like I thought we could all move on and live happily ever after. But sure. I, I didn't think I'd have to give up drinking, you know, for that. Right. Like maybe, you know, for a day or two, like you get arrested, you feel like shit for a couple of days. You'll move on. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I think the take home is like we laugh, we joke. That's what makes us us. It's we're so lucky that we're able to do that. That's how we communicate. Sometimes we laugh more when things are hard because that's also what we do. We're totally like uncomfortable and make bad jokes. I make worse jokes when things are hard. But I think that, I mean, personally, I feel incredibly grateful. And this is dead serious. It really is. There are consequences, you know, to being... An, an alcoholic or an addict and, and it's usually not something that you're thinking about when you are active in your addiction if you will um you know it's like we had talked about you know with the whole smoking thing or you know engaging in those risque behaviors sex you know whatever it may be you're not you're not thinking about that when you're engaged in or like when you're out drinking or hooking up with a random person you know whatever the the particular behavior is but again you know you can't get away with it forever and, and yes there there are consequences to your actions and it's going to sound like a terrible thing to say but like some people get it some people don't you know some people move on with their lives and you know get to do amazing things and make a difference and, and I hope that you know, we we truly get to be a part of that. Yeah, and I think it's so important to note that everyone has the opportunity to get it. Some people just don't live long enough to get there. And so we are truly the lucky ones that got out of this thus far alive. Yeah. And get to live this wonderful life where we sit and shit on each other over microphones and headphones at a table and we take our family to the boardwalk and, you know, like... We're really, truly blessed. So I think, I don't know, I'm all full of gratefulness and love and tonight. No, I agree with you. And and normally, you know, because I'm a, a jackass, I would like be shitting on you at this point in time for, <laughs> for saying something like that. But it's true. Like we get to great, live a great life because at some point in time we had made a decision like, you know, we're going to do this, right? It's a moment. daily effort. Yeah, literally. Sometimes it's every second moment. Yeah. Minute, you know, like. And again, I think that translates to all different, you know, avenues and all different kinds of people, you know, 12 step program cares yeah. all that ails you. I agree with that. So I think going forward, one of the things we kind of talked about doing, and again, it won't be as, you know, maybe heartfelt, emotional and, you know, a little over the top, but is kind of walking through those 12 steps, you know, because we do think that they can apply to everyone's life in some way. And so tonight is about that powerlessness and whatever it is in your life that plagues you coming to that place where you realize you're powerless against it is the first step in really anything. Absolutely. I mean, that's the start of the journey right there, right? And it's kind of the only way out. I know that yeah. sounds awful, but that's really the only way out of mm -hmm. the cycle. Yeah. Is to admit it. No, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, I think that's a, a good idea going forward. If yous. <laughs> it's very Philly of you, honey. If yous out there in listener land 
you know, want to roll with that or if you have any input or, you know, you want to talk about your story or whatever, it's so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. Uh, you can also message us on Facebook or Instagram. Ooh, and now we're getting a Twitter. I don't even know what that means. I know. I don't really tweet ever. I only had it for when I was getting the Xbox X, but someone younger and cooler than us told us that's how that's really where it's at. You, you know what the difference is? On tweets. They went to an Ivy League college <laughs> and I barely made it through like juvenile detention. <laughs> You're so full of shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's the difference. It is. That's well, why I actually they're don't think living it is. a normal life. I actually and we're two alcoholics doing a podcast. No, I think that their knowledge of technology has to do with the 15-year age difference. Uh, or it's that. Or maybe they don't get their <laughs> hair cut every two weeks. Maybe they're like, you know, trying to do something with their lives instead of manage what little hair they have left. I don't know. Either way. So, I mean, again, I, I think that's a good format to roll with going forward. Yes, but don't worry. We'll still remain light, funny, and tell little anecdotes and stories throughout. Yeah, of course. That's, again, the charm. that That's what makes us us. It is. That's why I love you. It is why I love you. And an and 800 FICO. And believe it or not, in my insanity, I can hear it, even if I can't see it while I'm living it. That's where I was at in the beginning. Does that make sense? I got you now. Does You know, that's where I was going with it, like, God, he is my soulmate. I just listened and I love us together. Okay. We're in real life. Sometimes I don't realize it. Not that's, that I don't love us together. It's probably because I'm annoying as fuck. <laughs> you are. Chris literally will be one of those. He sticks his finger in your ear. Like just cause like you're watching TV you're relaxing. You got like a little snack or something in your ear. Who does that? Me. Ridiculous. You're like a medical professional. Again, you pull shampoo bottle bottles out of girls' assholes. <laughs> like for a living. Don't get put off by me sticking my finger in your ear. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. So if you're good with that format, let us know. So I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So I married an alcoholic. Podcast is officially available on I think everything except iTunes, because iTunes is a pain in the ass, apparently. We're, we're working deal, on yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to deal with that at some um, point when one of us makes a phone call. We hired Do you think a, we're the only people that would call the iTunes? Probably. Like, you probably actually can't. You know what it's going to be? You, you have to, like, on, chat them. Yes. Yeah, I don't chat You're going to lose your mind. No. So. Like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give that to the Asian intern, <laughs> Dr. Chong. Dr. <laughs> Chong is, is officially our in-house tech guru <laughs> he told us we needed someone because he's asian and he's a doctor actually my 10 year old volunteer too which would probably also be better than us i i do agree with that however there's things that 10 year olds probably shouldn't be exposed <laughs> to and i think this is one of them so Agreed. i mean i'm just saying all, all right. right well i'm megan and i'm an alcoholic i'm chris and i'm an alcoholic just don't drink people <laughs> spay your dogs or neuter them what do you do to them Cut off the privates. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>